0: Love God, lift others. others, others, others. Welcome Welcome to to Elevate Elevate Life Life Church. Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another Elevated Message. Here's our very special guest from World Overcomers Church in Durham, North Carolina, and co-founder of ARMA Bible Academy, Pastor Manny Arango. I'm honored that you would stand up and clap for me. But how many people know that the only person deserves any claps, any praise? Come on, is the one who woke you up this morning. Come on, where the real worshipers at? The folks who don't need a worship team, the folks who don't need lyrics on a screen, the people who are like, yo no, I will lift up my hands. And I will give God praise and glory and honor. God, you woke me up this morning. I wouldn't be in my right mind if it weren't for you. God, other people went through the same circumstances I went through, and they lost their mind. But I'm here. God, you kept me safe through a pandemic. You kept me safe. God, you provided for all of my needs. And so, Lord God, we give this service to you. God, we ask that you would do what only you can do. God, do what no guest speaker can do. God, do what no worship team can do. God, do what no human can do. Do what no rich uncle could do. Do what no degree could do for us. God, we want one day in your courts to be better than a thousand elsewhere. God, give us a prophetic word today. God, we ask not only that you would show up, but that you would show off. That, Lord God, that you would throw your weight around and that people would leave today more delivered, more free, more encouraged, with more joy, with more peace. Come on, that's our prayer. That's not just the prayer from the stage. That's the prayer from the seats. That's the prayer of everyone in the room. And we agree with that prayer by saying amen, 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 amen. Oh, come on, give God a shout of praise in the room. Holy Ghost, there's nobody like you. Hey, you can have a seat. Uh, I'm black, if you have not noticed, okay? I am black, okay? That means I grew up preaching at a black church. Uh, I grew up, and I'm half Hispanic, okay? I'm half Cuban. Uh, So I grew up preaching at Hispanic churches and black churches, okay? There's no ambiguity or confusion when you preach at a black church or a Hispanic church about whether or not you're doing a good job or a bad job, okay? No confusion, all right? It's funny. You preach at a black church, and uh, they're going to talk to you whether or not you're doing good or bad. Right? I remember, like, you could be preaching bad. Like, you a bad job at a black church. Uh, and a bad job means your jokes ain't funny. <laughs> a bad job means, like, <laughs> you didn't pray enough before you got up on stage. You know what I'm saying? A bad job uh, will, will, will then result in a mother of the church. Typically, church mama sitting in this section over here. You know what I'm saying? At the church, I grew up wearing a little doily cap on her head, but that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, church mama, in the middle of your sermon, if you're doing a bad job, come on, right, everybody say bad job. If you're doing a bad job, church mama will stand up in the middle of your sermon and say, help them, Holy Ghost. So so church mama ain't going to be quiet whether or not you're doing a good job or a bad job. You know what I'm saying? And for whatever reason, you know, a church mama ain't never been to seminary, ain't never been to Bible school, but know when she hear heresy. You know what I'm saying? She know when you didn't take, took the text out of context. Church mama stand up like, help them, Holy Ghost. And as a preacher, you're not even mad. You're like, yes, Holy Ghost. Please help me. <laughs> Teach me how to sing. Give me a new sermon. Teleport me up out of here. Do whatever you got to do. However, you can be at that same church. Mm, that same church. And if you're preaching good, preaching good means you stepping on people's toes, but they want you to keep offending them. Preaching good means you convicted them, but there's grace all up in it. Preaching good means that you are, you're you, you're preaching stuff that's revelatory. And people are thinking to themselves, how did you see that? that like Preaching good means that you laid out a meal before people. Because we don't live on bread alone. But on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Like preaching good means that a church mama will stand up and start saying, Amen, boy, come on, you better preach. Let's go. Say it again for the folks in the back. And my favorite thing that a church mama will say is, Take your time, preacher. Take your time, okay? So Pastor Sergio said, like, we, we, we ain't got no time limits today. So we going no, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. Uh, um, but I'm so honored to be with y'all. And if you didn't know, uh, we all black today, okay? So we had a black church today, okay? Uh, so you holler back at me, and I think that it's going to be better. Why? Not because of my ego or my insecurities, no. That's not why we say amen Here's why we say amen. Here's why we talk back to the person who's bringing the word. We say that because life, the power of life and death, is in the power of your tongue. I could preach till I'm blue in the face. (laughs) But if you are not saying amen, amen means so let it be. So if somebody's preaching on peace, if you know you struggle with anxiety, that's not the time in the sermon to feel awkward or to allow the enemy to condemn you. No, that's the part of the sermon to go, amen. activate that in my life, I begin to declare I will walk in God's perfect peace. I'm not going to allow this anxious spirit to tell me that it's going to be here forever. Oh, no, no, no. It's days are numbered in my life. If the the preacher's talking about peace, even if I had an anxiety attack yesterday, I'm going to say amen. I'm going to say so let it be. I'm going to prophesy that that's going to happen in my life. If the preacher's talking about purity, and you know, you know, (laughs) you know your baby daddy's still getting some action. Like, you know, okay? That ain't the time to get all awkward. No, no, no. That's the time to say amen. Amen. Even when my life doesn't line up with his word, at least my lips will line up with his word. Come on. I've got to say amen. So let it be. I, you know what? By faith, I will walk in the purity that God wants me to walk in. When pastors take up the offering, I, I'm encouraged because this, that was one of the most encouraging, like, responses that I've ever been in a church. So often, you know, when we travel a lot, when a pastor gets up to take up the offering, people get all quiet. Start clenching their butt cheeks, you know what I'm saying? But I wasn't just listening to Pastor Sergio. I was listening to you behind me. I was in, just hearing, amen, yeah, we want to give. We're, we want to give God this this level of worship, and that's encouraging. So come on, I want you to say amen, not just because I, I want this to be an exciting Sunday, but I want you to say amen because I want everything that God has for you. Whatever God has for you today, I want you to access it. I want you to have it. And I believe that God's going to do something amazing all day long, okay, all day. I'm going to be with you at the 6 p.m. service, completely different sermon, okay? I'm not going to preach what I preached today. So if there was ever a day where you were going, double dip, <laughs> today's a good day to double dip, okay? Um, And I want to preach to your faith today, okay? I want to preach to your faith. Uh, The the Lord's been ministering to me just through my life and to me on faith for a while, and I want to preach to your faith, Uh, not just to your rationale, not just to your logic, not just to your mind, but come on, I want to preach to your faith because I think that especially after the year that we've had, after a global pandemic, after being cooped up in a house, after quarantine, after COVID scares, after losing loved ones, uh, sometimes when life throws us disappointment and life throws us discouragement, it can begin to whittle away at our faith. And I don't want us to be a church that has faith that's on cruise control. I want us to be taking ground. And so today I want to challenge your faith, okay? And I'm not going to tell you some fairy tale, pie-in-the-sky faith, no. But I want to preach to you for faith in the valley, faith that understands how to walk through hard times, faith that can sustain persecution, not just the faith that believes God is a genie. No, no, no. But faith that believes that he's God. So even when times are bad, he's good, okay? When times are good, he's good, okay? I want to preach to your faith. Okay? I want to preach to your faith. I think... Um uh, um, the, the, the faith journey that I've walked through, and uh, Pastor Sergio and Pastor Tina, you know exactly the, the faith journey that I've been walking through for the past couple of years. Uh, me and my wife, we got married about seven years ago. After we had been married for about two years, uh, she was ready to have kids, I was ready to have kids, and we thought, yeah, let's just do this thing. We thought in a couple months, we'd be pregnant, and uh, six months went by, no kid. Nine months went by, no pregnancy. A year went by, we said, man, we've, we probably got to go to the doctor, and it was almost awkward to even bring it up. We, I didn't know whether or not it took this long, and she didn't know whether or not she should say something to me. Finally, we broke the ice. We decided to go to a doctor. And I remember our first doctor's visit, um, they you know, ran tests on her, ran tests on me, and they came back with the news that I had a rare condition um, there was a male factor infertility, and I had no sperm. I was gonna be unable to produce children. Okay, um, that, and I remember the day that the doctor called me and told me that. I don't know if you've ever gotten a negative doctor's report, but it feels final. It feels like they have the final verdict, or the final say. Over, over your life. Come on, I don't know if you've ever had a loved one get a cancer diagnosis or if you've ever had a doctor tell you what your options are or how long you can live, but it just feels authoritative. It feels final. It's like the weight of their words just kind of drops on you. I didn't even know how to react. It took me a whole two days to even tell my wife that, that it, 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 they're saying we need a sperm donor, they're saying we should adopt, um, but I, I wanna, this is why I want to preach to your faith, um, because I think I think there's a picture of my son who's three months old. Is there a picture of my son? That's my son. That's my son. No sperm donor, no adoption agency. No, no, no. You're looking at someone who doctors said would never have a child. And I held my three month old son in my arms before I came to preach to you. Don't tell me what God cannot do. I don't know what box you've put God in, but God is a miracle working God. He can take two fish and five loaves and feed the multitudes. He can open up blinded eyes. There's nothing he can't do. He can pay all of your bills and give you extra. This is the God we serve. I don't know what God you believe in, but I believe in the God of the impossible. So I want to preach to your faith. I don't know what box you put him in. He can do anything. Oh, come on, he can do anything. Degree or no degree, he can do anything. Oh, come on, whether you are part of the fraternity or the sorority or not, he can do anything. Doesn't matter what background you come from, doesn't matter how broke your mom or your daddy was, doesn't matter what your generational curse was that you were born into, he can do anything. Anything, no limitations. It's funny, sometimes, come on, I want to I preach, okay? We got to be careful that we don't preach self-help. But that we preach faith. Faith. Faith is not self-help. Okay? Self-help says, no, 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 you can do it. You got this. Come on, just believe in yourself. No, I'm not here to tell you to believe in yourself. No, 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 no. I want us. come on, let's go to scripture. Come on. Moses, Moses is called by God. Hey, you're gonna speak before Pharaoh. You're gonna to say to Pharaoh, let my people. Go. Come on, we didn't all see the Prince of Egypt, okay? Yeah. What does Moses say? No, God, you got the wrong guy. I have a stutter. I'm slow of speech. I'm not good at talking. See, 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 come on, come on, come on. Uh, the, the people version of the Bible would say this that, that what, what does God say? Come on, Moses, you can do it. Come on, Moses. Come on, look at the mirror. Come on, you you can do this. Come on, Moses, you got this. Come on, you're amazing. No, 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 no. Come on, that's the gospel according to millennials. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But what does God say? God says nothing about Moses. God's response to Moses' fears and insecurities is this. I am that I am. Whoa, 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 I need us to get this. Moses says there's no way you got the wrong you got the wrong guy there's no way I can do this and God looks at Moses and says I am that I am I'm not here to give you a self-help speech. I'm here so that you can put your faith in me. If I am who I am, then that means you can do whatever I command you to do. I don't care about your stutter. I'm God. I don't care about your low sperm count. I'm God. I don't care about your credit score. I'm God. Well, I don't care. What what, 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 what? what is it that you're telling me? That there's some human thing that's stronger than me. I can do whatever I want to do. I'm God. Faith starts with this. Come on. I believe that God is who he says he is. Not that I believe in me. Not that I believe in my gifts or my abilities. No, no, no. I believe in God. My dad served an 18-year prison sentence. My dad came to this country from Cuba after serving almost a 20-year prison sentence, 18 years. Got addicted to crack cocaine when I was six months old. My mother was pregnant by the time she was 13, had her first kid at 14, lived in government housing to this day. And let me tell you something. I have traveled the world preaching the gospel because there is no statistic. There is no generational curse. There is no family history that can keep you from being who God wants you to be. Come on, and I didn't start believing in myself. No, I believe that God is stronger than the alcoholism that runs in my family. God is stronger than the incarceration uh, uh, dysfunction that runs in my family. Come on, I don't just believe that Oh, I can believe in my, come on, this ain't Tony Robbins, baby. This is the Bible, this is scripture, okay? Faith, can I preach to your faith today? Come on, give me, can I preach to your faith today? oh man, okay, before I even start preaching uh, that's just me talking (laughs) before I start preaching oh, I love this little boy we can take him down, we can take him down I love that little boy he's three months old three months old and uh, oh man, every time he smiles at me it's a testament that God is a miracle worker Um, and we walked through five years of infertility um, and we learned a lot about trusting God, obeying God. I'll tell more of my story in, in my sermon, but come on, can we honor your pastors before I even start preaching? Pastor Sergio, <laughs> Tina Limon, I love you. I love you. And um, it's not every day that I get to preach for people that I really love. A lot of times I'm preaching at places and you know people are just strangers. I don't know who they are. Um, but, but you guys are, have become friends even via the internet. And uh, I, I'm glad that we met in El Paso. I'm glad that I was wearing cool sneakers that day because your son noticed my sneakers. And that's the whole reason why we are you know friends right now. The Holy Spirit used a pair of sneakers, you know what I'm saying, to, to hook us up. So. Thank you so much for your warm hospitality. amen. Uh, man, thank you for inviting me to speak into the life of your church. Um, I, I don't take it lightly um, that you would have me um, preach uh, to your people, so come on. It takes a lot of faith to pioneer a church. It takes a lot of uh, faithfulness to pioneer a church. Come on, can we give it up for your pastors? Thank you guys so much. We love you. And uh, thank you for all of the behind the scenes sacrifices. Um, That no one here will ever see. Thank you for all of your yeses to God. Thank you so much Um, The kingdom needs you and uh, I'm so I'm so excited about what I think God is doing here And I'm glad I get to be a part of it today Um, All right, come on. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14 I'm gonna stop screaming and yelling and I'm gonna do some preaching. Okay Matthew chapter 14 Matthew chapter 14 um, but I told, I told the Lord this. Uh, when we were struggling with infertility, um, you know, there's a passage of Scripture where Paul is saying, um, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Right? To live is Christ and to die is gain. And what, what he says is, look, if this imprisonment leads to my death, then it's good. If I get out of prison and I live, it's good. Real faith says that. No matter what happens, I'm going to testify of his goodness. Come on, that's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego kind of faith, right? Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, our God will deliver us, but get this straight. Even if he don't, we still ain't going to bow down to you or your statue, okay? Uh, this, is, this is like the root of faith, and I said this to the Lord when we were struggling with infertility. I said, God, if we never have children, okay, because children are not going to become an idol for me. If we never have children, that's, that's real, come on this is not going to become an idol for me. Uh, if we never have children, I'll be an 80 year old man still believing that we're going to have children and I'll run around the world preaching and I will be on stage and people be like that 80 year old man is preaching, telling us that he is believing God for children. I was like, God, like I'm telling you right now because I know people with no children and no faith. I'd rather have no children and faith than no children and no faith. Can I tell you this right now? Come on. You lose nothing by having faith. Wait, 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 come on. I cannot control whether or not we had kids. I cannot control whether or not we ever got pregnant. You know what is in my control? My faith. I can control whether or not I believe that God could do it. And for a lot of us, get this, your life circumstances are dictating your faith. Your life circumstances are not the contingency on whether or not we have faith. We have faith, whatever, your mother could be dying of cancer, you still believe God can heal people of cancer. This is not, this is not, God is not a genie, okay? He's God. So we have faith, no matter what happens. And I said this, Lord, if we never have children, I'm just going to be a crazy preacher running around telling people we're about to have kids. Because you said you was coming back soon, it's been 2,000 years, so. Every time people ask me when you going to have kids, I'm going to be like, soon. Okay? <laughs> Clearly soon is very relative, you know? <laughs> but, I said if you, give me a, if you give me children, if you give me a son, if you give me a daughter, if you give me children, I'll never not testify of your goodness, So, guess what, God? You win either way. I'm gonna be a billboard of faith either way. I'm either gonna talk about this from the valley or I'm gonna talk about this from the mountaintop. Doesn't matter if I'm in the valley or the mountaintop, I'm gonna be a billboard of your faith. Why? Because there are people in the valley that need to know that God is good, and there's people on the mountaintop that need to know that God is good. So, whether you put me in the valley, whether you put me on the mountaintop, God, I'm gonna testify of your goodness, of your grace, of your mercy, and of all the things that you've done. All right, come on. I got ADHD. Stop distracting me. Okay, come on. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to start reading in verse 25. And if there's a word that I don't say, then I want you to kind of say the word that I don't say, because remember, we black. So we're going to do fill in the blanks. Okay, here we go. During the fourth watch of the Oh, okay, actually, I'm going to read the version that we got on the screens so that I'm not confusing us. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Shortly before, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, come on, what, what does he say? Take courage. Take courage. Not not wait for someone to encourage you, not complain about everyone who discouraged you, but take courage. Come on. If we're going to walk by faith, not by sight, we can't have victim mentality. Your courage is your responsibility. Come on. Come on. Now, it's nice when people encourage us and it can be discouraging when people discourage us. But, baby, the violent take it by force, and at some point, you're going to have to learn, I'm going to take courage. Come on. I hope that you came to church today, not just to receive, but to take. Come on. I'm going to take courage today. I'm going to take some encouragement. Okay, come on, come on. We're just reading. Let's go. It is I, don't be afraid. Uh, Next verse. Lord, if it, Peter replied, tell me to... To you on the water. No, no, no. Okay, we got to paint this picture. We got to paint this picture. So Peter is in the boat with the rest of the disciples, okay? So come on. Use your imagination. There's a boat on stage. Peter's in the boat with the rest of the disciples. I can't. Do you you see that? I think that's, I think, I think that's, I think that's Jesus. Judas is in the back like, no, that ain't Jesus. That's a ghost. Judas, what you know? You're trifling anyway. What you know? You know? Thomas, Thomas is back there like, I doubt that that's Jesus. Of course, Thomas, of course you doubt that it is Jesus. You know, I don't know. I think it's a ghost. I think, I don't know who, that, that may be a figment of our imagination. Peter's like, nah, I think, I'm pretty sure that's Jesus. So, you know, Peter's like, hey! Jesus! That you? Jesus. Hey, Pete! Pete, What up? (laughs) It's me. (laughs) And Peter's like, see, 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 I told you, Judas, I told you. you, It's Jesus. It's Jesus out there. Now get this, get this, get this. I need us to like get into the the text. The next statement makes no sense. If it's you, tell me to come. Okay, this... (laughs) Maybe you're desensitized to the Bible. Maybe you've heard the story too often because that don't make no sense. Okay, I don't know if you've ever had to sign up for a website that has security questions. I hate security questions. First of all, I can barely answer the security questions when I'm making them. And then once a week goes by, I don't remember my answers to the security questions. Come on, come on. Some of these security questions are just absolutely ridiculous. What was your great-grandmama's maiden name uh, on her uncle's side? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> your third girlfriend. Wh- where was your first date? I don't know. What? What? You know? Now, come on. Have you ever like gotten some security questions, and then it was time to like answer the security questions, and you're like, I mean, where did I go to high school? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't really remember where I went to high school. My first job, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm 35, I, that was a long time ago, right? Think about this. If there were some security questions that Peter was gonna ask Jesus, there are some better security questions than this. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Peter could have said, hey Jesus, yeah you, yeah Pete, what up? It's me. If it's you, what did we eat for breakfast two days ago? Right? Right? Come on. Because all Peter's trying to do is ascertain whether or not that's Jesus. There's a lot of things Peter could have asked Jesus. If it's you, why'd you heal my mother-in-law? No. I needed that spare bedroom. No, no, no. Too dark, dark humor. No, okay, never mind. Come on. He could have said anything. Peter and Jesus have been walking together for a long time. There's so many, come on, just secret bits of information that Peter could have used to ascertain whether or not this is actually Jesus. But Peter knows Jesus so well. That he knows that the ultimate test of whether or not that is a ghost or a figment of his imagination or a magician or Jesus is this. If it is you, tell me to come to you out on the water. I've been around you long enough that I know this. You're not content with your disciples spectating the miraculous. You want your disciples to participate in the miraculous. So I've been around you for so long that I know that if it's actually you, you're going to empower me and change challenge me and pull me out of my comfort zone. I've been around Jesus long enough to know that he is going to confront and challenge where I'm comfortable. This is actually brilliant. If it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. See, 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 Uh uh-oh, about to step on some toes because if it was you and Jesus having this conversation. Jesus, is that you? Yes, yeah, it's me. If it's you, get me a new job. Uh-oh, 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 come on. How often do we test whether or not it's Jesus by making Jesus jump through hoops? The true disciple doesn't give Jesus hoops to jump through. The true disciple puts some hoops in front of them. And Peter says to Jesus, If it's you, then I'm getting out of my comfort zone. If it's you, then I'm abandoning everything I know to support me on water. If it's you, then I'm gonna jump through the hoops. If it's you, I'll start tithing. If it's you, I'll start volunteering. If it's you, I'll start giving at another level. If it's you, I won't make you prove yourself to me. You proved yourself to me 2,000 years ago while you died on the cross and hung, for the remission of my sins you ain't got to jump through hoops to prove nothing to me if there's either one of us that needs to prove something to the other party I've got a lot of things I've got to prove to you because I am inconsistent and you're always consistent I'm unfaithful and you're always faithful I'm the one who's emotional you feel the same way about me every day Come on, come on, come on. If it's you, bless me. If it's you, rescue me. Come on, God, if it's you, if that's really you talking through my pastor, have my boyfriend break up with me because I ain't got the courage to break up with him. Come on. But Peter says, you know where faith starts? Where you say, oh, God, if that's you, then I'm about to roll up my sleeves. And I'm about to get to work. If it's you, come on, I'm going to be personal with this. God, if it's you, I'll buy a crib, even though we're in the middle of infertility. If it's you, I'll get out of this small apartment and I'll buy a house, even though we can't afford a home right now even though I quit my job and I went on the road full time and then we hit a pandemic. God, I'll still tithe based on what I want to make every month, I'll, i see, if it's you, if it's you, I'll, I'll create more work for me, right. Right. not you. Is this challenging you today? Come on, I hope this is challenging, I hope this is helping you. Yes. Now, what, what happens, okay. Oh, can I preach this, can I preach this? I love the fact that before Peter ever gets out of the boat and starts walking by faith, come on, him and Jesus have a conversation. Conversation. One of my best friends, his son, um, you know, his son's like three, four years old. And, you know, first couple years of his son's life, his son had a speech impediment. And my friend took it really, really seriously. So even though my friend could understand what his son was saying, he would still get down on his knee, he would look his son in the face and say, no. Say, I want juice. And this kid would, you know, he would say it in a way that, you know, kind of mumble his word. And my friend would just say, no, I want juice. And you could sometimes see, I'd be at their house a lot of times, and you could see this young boy just frustrated. But you know what my friend cared about more? He cared more, not just so that he could understand him, he cared so that when that kid went out into the world, that other people could understand him. Can I tell you something? Woo! Your prayer language with the Lord is not just so that you can commune with God. It's so that you can start to develop some authority so that when you talk to a loan officer, you have become fluent in the language of faith. See, so God corrects you. If you don't pray, If you don't have a prayer life, it's gonna be very hard for you to begin to speak by faith. Because I hope that you don't think prayer is just you talking to God and then leaving before God ever gets a chance to say something back to you. Because a lot of times what prayer is for a lot of us is just a therapy session. You just vent, and vent, and you say amen, and you leave. Baby, guess what? That's a one-way conversation. God wants to actually speak to you, and he speaks through his word. Come on. He speaks through his leaders. He speaks through people. Come on. God wants to speak to you, not just so that you can have a great conversation with him, but so that when you're in a doctor's office and they start giving you your options, you know how to speak authoritatively in the world. You, you've got to start to speak by faith. I never said the words, we're infertile. Wow, I never said those words. I never said those words. Actually, every computer in my home, my wife's laptop, my laptop, the desktop that's in the living room, everything. Guess what? We picked out names for our children and we changed every password to, their ki- to our kids' names. Bought a diaper genie, bought a crib, bought a home. Come on. Because I, I, here's what I didn't want. I didn't want us to avoid the topic of conversation because it was too painful for us. Come on, I wanted us, every time we log into our laptops, we've gotta say their names. Oh yeah, Theo Orango, yep, every single time I log into my laptop, come on. I need you to start to put some things in place in your life so that you're not avoiding the areas of disappointment, but that you are confronting every area that doesn't line up with God's will and God's word for your life. Come on, I want you to start to, come on, speak by faith. But at some point, the conversation has to go to getting out of the boat. Doesn't matter how good the conversation is. At some point, Peter's gotta what? Get out of the boat. Oh, Peter gets out of the boat. And the Bible said gee, that Peter starts to walk on water. on water. This is crazy. Walks on water. Now, come on, let's read this. Come on, come on. Walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, that's a whole other sermon because you can't see wind, but next time. Okay, here we go. He was afraid and beginning to cried out, Lord, save me. Come on, what does it say? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Now get this. You of what? Okay, I got a problem with this. Me and Jesus would have some fighting words. Little faith! Wait, 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 wait. I just walked on... Wait, 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 wait. I got little faith? I just walked on the water? Jesus replied and said, you did nothing. I made the ground solid beneath your feet. All you did was take steps in faith, bro. You didn't perform the miracle. I performed the miracle. And you walked in the manifestation of the miracle. But get this, come on, we have to ask the question. How is it? that we can hold this moment up, walking on water, as, come on, if if you think about moments in the Bible of like great faith, right? Pardon the Red Sea, you know, Elijah calling down fire from heaven. Like, come on, there's just some moments where you think to yourself, yeah, man, that's that's faith in action right there. Top five. All the NBA fans, top 75 for sure, right? (laughs) This is top five moments of faith. And and if you're not impressed, have you walked on water? <laughs> so, <laughs> but Jesus says that this is a little thing. Okay, okay, can I teach a little bit? Can I teach a little bit? Um, Pastor Sergio wanted me to talk about arma, um, and, and we're probably going to do something creative tonight. But a couple years ago, in the middle of COVID, we started. A biblical studies and theology online program for people to begin to learn the Bible, become biblically literate. Um, I jumped into a doctoral program, and I was personally, you know, uh, passionate about this because I've been in Christian schools my whole life, okay? Middle school, high school, college. I got my uh, bachelor's degree at Gordon College in biblical studies and theology. Then I got my master's degree, and then I was in a doctoral program, and I never had a black Bible professor, so I figured I'm going to be the change that I want to see, OK? So uh, my ultimate dream is to you know, s- start teaching in seminary. And, and, be a, and, and so I'm in a doctoral program for that reason. So by 2024, I'm going to be Dr. Manny Arango, OK? Dr. Manny Arango, OK? I'm the first Arango to have a bachelor's degree, first Arango to have a master's degree, and I'll be the first Arango to have a doctorate degree, OK? Because, I, because I'm, I'm passionate about people understanding the Bible. So I've got to break down a little bit of Greek here, okay? The Greek word for faith is pistis, pistis, okay? That word can get translated two ways. Now here's the interesting thing about this word, is it can get translated as faith or belief, but it can also get translated as faithful now this is interesting, right? Because if I said to you, hey, what does it mean for someone to be joyful? You would say that that means that they are full of? Joy. If I said, hey, that, that guy, oh my gosh, he's so peaceful. You would know that that means that he's full of? Peace. However, when we get to the word faithful, our English language does something weird with the word faithful. Because if I said, yeah, that guy, he's so faithful, that does not mean full of faith right and this is the disconnect that we have we think that we can be full of faith Uh oh without being faithful however the Greek word for faith lets us know that it is a cognitive dissonance to be full of faith but not also faith full you cannot be full of belief full of courage Full full of risk and not also be loyal to King Jesus and faithful through hard times. So the reason that Jesus is clear and says, hey, Peter, this is little faith. is because Jesus does not want Peter to be impressed with the things that humans are impressed by. Humans are impressed by how big the miracle was. But be, be, by God's standard, ooh, get this. God does not see healing a paper cut as any different than healing cancer. Ooh, come on, come on, come on. We are more impressed when God heals cancer, but it requires the same amount of energy from God to heal a paper cut on your finger as it does stage four cancer. The same way that God does not see a delineation between sin, but humans do, God does not see a delineation between problems, even though humans do. God uses the same energy. Guess what? No energy. Because he's immutable. He changes not. He cannot get better. He cannot lack. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, which means Peter is impressed that he's walked on the water. But guess what God is impressed by? Uh-oh, get this not that you just took a couple of steps on the water, but that you're faithful for five years, faithful for 10 years, faithful for 15 years, Faithful for 20 years faithful for 25 years CCC a lot of us We think faith is a trend and God is like faith is not a trend I'm not impressed that you took a couple of steps on the water and you're impressed because this seems so impossible No, I'm actually more impressed by you doing the mundane day after day after day after day after day day. keep on showing up. Oh, come on keep I need you to not be impressed with how Grandiose it is, but I need you to do everything Everything in your life, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you can't be a disciple of Jesus and lack discipline. At some point, you are going to have to get your life into a routine and you are going to have to have prolonged faith. The question is not how much faith did you have, but how long can you sustain faith? Jesus says, for everyone who sustains faith, for the long haul, that's great faith. See, we're like, we want blips on the radar. We want lightning in a bottle. Come on, come on. I'm challenging us, come on. We want, we want lightning in a bottle. God, oh yeah, come on, just do it, fix it. And I'm Pentecostal, okay? I, I love the Holy Ghost. But at some point, we also have to believe that I have to be Faithful. Day in, day out. Week in, week out. Month in, month out. Year in, year out. That God wants my faithfulness, my loyalty, my fidelity. Hey God, I, I got you. I, 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 I'm, I'm not just gonna have faith for a season. So what happens? Okay, come on. Peter has faith, he sinks. Now, I want to tell you this, come on, because a lot of people, they'll come up to me, young adults at, the, at our church, right? They'll be like, now, Pastor Manny, what you're saying is, if I start tithing, like, I won't get, I won't, I won't get laid off? <laughs> and I go, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that God will bless you if you give, but he ain't a genie, boo-boo. Like, this ain't how it works, okay? The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is certainty. Come on now. See, God is not going to give you a guarantee. Because the moment you get a guarantee, now you've got a routine and a religion and not a relationship. Yeah. I can tell you this, though. Even if you sink, woo, you won't drown. Right. See, 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 come on, come on. Real faith can sustain you even when you sink. Real faith says, even though I'm soaking wet right now, uncomfortable, guess what? I'd still rather be wet on this side than dry in the boat in my comfort zone. I'm cool with being soaking wet right now. And a lot of us were like, wait, 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 if I start walking on water, are you telling me I won't get wet? And I'm going, no, no, that's not what I'm telling you. What I am telling you, though, is that you won't die. You won't drown. Jesus will save you. Jesus will rescue you. Oh, no, 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 I'm saying that you may get your feelings hurt, you may get disappointed. Oh, come on, you, 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 some things may go wrong, but whatever goes wrong will not be final, will not define you. Now, I came all the way to Sacramento to ask this question. I need us to remember everything that's transpired, okay? Peter's in the boat. I think that's Jesus. Is that Jesus? I think that's Jesus. Nah, that's a ghost, bro. Thomas, shut up. You always got something to say. I think that's Jesus. Yo, Jesus, that you? Yo, it's me, though. What up? Yo, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come on the water. Notice this: Jesus does not say, "Come, Peter." He just says, "Come." Matthew could have got up out the boat. Come on. I hope that you come to church every Sunday, like, no, I don't need the pastor to give me a prophetic word and call out my name, uh-uh. An open invitation is enough for me. I don't know if this is for my neighbor to my left or my neighbor to my right, but here's what I do know, it's for me, okay, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> Whether or not he says, come, Peter, or come, I'm coming. Hello. is that you, Yes, yeah, me. If it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come on out. Okay, I'm walking by faith. I can't believe it. (laughs) I'm walking on the water. You ain't doing nothing, fool. (laughs) I'm making you walk on the water. Peter sinks. Now Peter has been miraculously saved by Jesus. What does the Bible say? Why did you doubt? Verse 32. And when they climbed into the... Wait a second. I flew all the way to Sacramento to ask this question. How did they get back to the boat? See, we love talking about the first time Peter walked on the water. But I came to talk to you about the second time Peter walked on the water. Because Jesus has not given Peter a piggyback ride back to the boat. Jesus is not carrying Peter back to the boat. See, it's one thing to have faith when you've never failed. It's a whole nother thing altogether. To get out of the water and walk back to your promise. See, it's easy to get out of the boat. It's hard to get out of the water and walk on the water. See, I want to preach to somebody today who's gone through some pain, who's gone through some disappointment. At some point... You was walking by faith and now you're full of guilt because of your own failures and God is looking at you saying you can stand here with me, but baby, there's only one way to get back to the boat and I need you to have faith again. Oh, come on, faith again. Come on, faith again. You had faith before COVID. Okay, got it. Can you have faith? Again. Okay, come on. The first business failed. But can you have faith? Again. Oh, come on. The relationship is falling apart. Okay. You're talking about divorce. Come on. Can you have faith? Again. See, see, see. This is the part of faith that we don't talk about. Faith after failure. Faith there's one thing that gives you faith to start another thing that gives you faith to sustain through sinking but you know where a lot of us are we're standing with Jesus we ain't left God we still Christians but Jesus is looking at you going okay you ready to do this again and you going uh uh-uh. uh I got PTSD from the last time I had faith Nah. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, no, 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 no. Jesus, just let me stand here with you. Ain't you enjoying my company? Come on, Jesus. You know what I've learned? There's a big difference between walking to Jesus and walking with Jesus. Back to the boat. Oh, come on, back to, come on, come on, come on. I want to prophesy to you. Come on, there's a lot of us, we're on the sidelines. Our faith is on cruise control. You can look back five years ago and you were walking by faith. And then something happened. Don't know what it. Ha- I don't know what happened. Come on. Maybe you got foreclosed on. Maybe the business partner ran off with all the money. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you went through a medical diagnosis that disappointed you and began to drain you of all your faith. Come on. Maybe a loved one died during a global pandemic. I don't know what happened, but now you've sank and you've blamed yourself. This is why we cannot teach faith without teaching grace. We are saved by Grace through faith. Come on, at some point Peter has to go, you know what, I did fail. I did lose faith. I'm the reason that I sank. It wasn't Jesus' fault, it was me. But guess what? Even though I'm a wretched mess, even though I'm a failure, me and Jesus are about to do this thing again. Oh, no, no, my best days are not behind me. My best days are ahead of me and my ladder will be greater than my former. I'm going to get myself together because we've got a lot of life ahead of me. I'm not going to live my life on the sidelines. No, 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 no. Come on. I want to breathe faith into dry bones today. Come on. We're causing Lazarus to come forth. We're declaring over your life, your best days are not behind you. There's more than God has for you and more than God has for Elevate Life Church, come on. We are not those who are shrink back and are destroyed, but come on, our confidence is placed in the God who cannot, who's not just the God that gets us to him, but the God who gets us back to the boat. I wanna be vulnerable, I wanna be real, I wanna be honest, okay, here we go. Me and my wife, I believe in God for children and I believe in medical miracle. Oh, that's my wife. That's my hot chocolate mamacita right there. I love her. Mm. Love her. And um, I'm gonna tell you the whole story. We, we finally decided, hey, we, we believe the Lord's telling us to do IVF, in vitro fertilization. Well, in America, IVF costs like $30,000, okay? And so we found an amazing clinic in Barbados. We flew to Barbados. We did IVF in Barbados. They called it a fertility vacation. I was like, this is good marketing, Okay. (laughs) It was half the price. We spent $15,000. We had made a decision as a couple. Because children are not an idol for us, we're not going to go into debt doing this. So we're going to pay for this in cash. And so, man, we worked. We saved up. We got $15,000 in cash, we did IVF. We did IVF and I kid you not, Pastor Sergio, it was the best and worst day of my life, followed shortly by one another. Best day of my life is I came home from a preaching trip and uh, there was a positive pregnancy test on the counter. Oh, I lost my mind. We had paid $15,000. We had done IVF. We had waited, and they made a, a petri dish baby and put that thing back in my wife. And it was my DNA and her DNA, and there was a positive pregnancy test. I ran out the house. I started telling people on oh, my neighbors. I mean, it was a whole. I, the male lady knew that we was pregnant. Everybody knew. I was. I'm not joking. The male lady, I, the woman, the USPS worker, was delivering mail, and I was just running up and down the street because we had been. Praying for years for a kid. Happiest day of my life. Go to our first ultrasound. And I can't, I I'd woken up early that morning, I could barely sleep. I mean, it felt like Christmas, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna see the baby for the first time, get dressed, go to the hospital, and the nurse hooks up all the machinery and the monitors, and they start the ultrasound. And the nurse looks at me and says, there's no heartbeat, your baby's dead, your baby's died. And I kid you not, the worst day of my life. Oh, I'm not talking at you. I know how it feels to walk by faith, to see the miraculous, and then all of your hopes and dreams come crashing down. Oh, come on, I wanna give you permission to be human cause we grieved and we mourned and we cried and I prayed like imprecatory psalms you know what I'm saying just god how could this happen what kind of god can't keep a heartbeat going like what just hurt hurt and angry and see the bible says we worship in spirit and in truth a lot of us are good at worshiping in spirit But when it comes to giving God your honest, raw truth, you feel like you've got to edit your prayers before you pray. And I want to tell you, no, 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 no. You will never know God until you bring him all your pain and all your hurt and all your grief and all your tears. Come on, he bottles your tears. He cares about you. You don't have to hide who you really are. If there's some things that you've got to say to God, he's a big boy, he can take it, okay? You can be honest with him. And all the honesty and the transparency, My wife, my honest, transparent moment was, I wish we had never gotten pregnant because what was the point of even, why would God tease us? Why would we get pregnant just to lose the baby? And then my wife, who's more saved than me, (laughs) she said these words. My birthday had come around. We had gotten pregnant in March. Now we're sitting in July. And my wife Uh, For my birthday, we're just talking, just reflecting on the year. And my wife says, I'm just grateful for the eight weeks I got to spend as a pregnant woman. And I went, you are more saved than me. She said these words. My wife's words are the foundation of this sermon. Kid you not. She said these words. We've come too far to only come this far. We've come too far. I wanna try IVF again. I wanna have faith again. Oh, come on, in all my PS- PTSD, I remembered the hospital room, I remember the ultrasound, I remembered the moment where the doctor said, there's no heartbeat, your baby's dead. I mean, I remembered all of it, all of the trauma, all of the pain. And in July of 2020, I said to my wife, no way. And then I said, do you have another $15,000 lying around? that I don't know about are you hiding money from me (laughs) you know what I'm saying like and she said well God provided the first 15. if God can provide the first 15 why would another $15,000 be hard for him he's God aren't you a preacher and I was like okay okay girl And guess what we went back to Barbados more difficult the second time because now we're in the middle of a pandemic. We had a quarantine for seven days. We had to be there for 14 days. That means I couldn't work for 21 days. I'm in Barbados. But guess what? Come on. It was worth every moment, worth every sacrifice, worth every dime, worth every dollar. It was worth all the tears. Come on. And I would not have a three-month old son right now had I stayed over here. And I want to challenge you. You got to get back to the boat come on right now the enemy is telling you this is the end you're only halfway to your miracle you've got more walking by faith to do you're not at the round trip that god has marked out for you yet come on there's more i know what it feels like to have faith When all I've got is my feelings and my disappointment and my pain and my tears, I know how it feels. It was easy to do IVF the first time, relatively. Come on. I'd never done it before. I mean, it was new, it was foreign. Sure, let's go to Barbados, let's do it. But the second time? Hard. It's easier to get out of the boat than it is to get out of the water. I prophesy over you today. There's some stuff that God has for you. You can't get it chilling with him at the place where he rescued you. For a lot of you, you're right here. You're at the place where he rescued you. You've overcome the drug addiction, but you're not winning people to the Lord yet. Come on. You're at the place where he rescued you. You're right there. You've overcome. He saved you. He rescued you. But guess what? I had to realize it's bigger than me. You know how many couples have now done IVF because of our testimony and our story? You know how many babies are alive right now? Twins and triplets. Why? Because we were public about our story and we told the testimony. Come on. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. It's bigger than you. Bigger than you bigger than your feelings, bigger than your doubt, bigger than your personal relationship with God. There are people's destinies on the line based on your walk of faith. And for a lot of us, we're like, no, 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 Jesus, no, I don't want to do this, come on. Matthew and Thomas and Judas, they're pointing and laughing at me. And Jesus looking at you going, you doing it for them or you doing it with me? Come on, are you caring about who's walking next to you or who's watching you walk by faith? I need you to walk with me. Their opinion of you doesn't matter. They're in the boat. They don't know the first thing about walking on the water. Your uncle who's never tithed doesn't have the right to give their opinion about you and giving to the Lord. He's in the boat. Nobody in the boat has a right to tell me how many DMs I got. If you really was believing God by faith, you wouldn't be messing around with all that science and you would just believe. Oh, Okay, you and your DM are getting blocked. I believe in medical miracles. I believe in altar call miracles. I believe in all kinds of miracles. What What kind of box have you put God in? Are you joking? I'd respond to people in my DMs like, oh, so you walk everywhere? You don't get on airplanes? No, we can't use technology? Oh, you're Amish? Oh, okay, got it. Horse and buggy? That's how you, oh, okay, cool. If that's the box you've put God in, that's great. But that's not the box I have God in. I don't have him in any box. If he wanted to be in a box, there'd still be an Ark of a Covenant. But God ain't in a box. God doesn't want to be in your box. He doesn't want to be in your religious box. He doesn't want to be in your opinion box. He doesn't want to be in your logic box. God is out of your box. God can do anything at any point, at any time, whether it's through a doctor, whether it's through an altar call, whether it's through a therapist, whether it's through a pastor. Don't put God in a box. At some point, you're going to have to realize that you may want God to take you to the pool, like John chapter 5. But God says, I don't need a pool to heal you, get your mat and walk, I don't need to do the miracle the way you want me to do the miracle don't think me and my wife would have rather kept the $30,000 and just go to a Benny Hinn healing service come on, we believe in healing but guess what we also believe in, doctors prayed, fasted got confirmation to find a doctor who had faith oh our doctors prayed for us before we did IVF oh come on you can't let people who are in the boat criticize your walk of faith You don't know the first thing about walking on water what do you know just stay in the boat talk to the folks in the boat don't come at me but come on how many of us come on can we be real we've lost faith because of the voices coming from the boat Criticism coming from the boat have caused you to just stuck right here. You got to get back. Can I speak a word over you? Round trip faith. Round trip faith. Come on. Round trip. Maybe, just maybe, what you think is the end of the journey is just your layover. Come on. When that heartbeat stopped beating, we had to have a procedure to remove the fetus. It felt final. But what is impossible with man is possible with God. Here's my altar call. I want to invite you up to the front because I want to pray for you. I want to lay hands on you. If you feel comfortable with that, I want to pray for you. Jesus, he shows up to Mary and Martha's house. They have buried Lazarus says where did you lay him that's such an insensitive question I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral but the thing that everyone wants at a funeral is what closure here comes Jesus opening up all the stuff that they've gotten closure on picking at the scab we got pregnant the second time get this Same hospital, same nurse, same room where we got the first ultrasound. It was so triggering that my wife started breaking out in a panic attack. The nurse recognized our faces and the nurse said, I had bad news for you last time, didn't I? And I said, yeah, ma'am, you did. And I was scared. And she said, not this time, not this time, not this time. And I remember asking the Lord, I remember asking the Lord, why the same room? Why the same nurse at the same hospital? And here's what the Lord said, because that's where you buried Lazarus. That's where you buried it. That's where you buried your trauma that's where you buried your pain and we've got to dig it up or else it's going to haunt you for the rest of your life you buried something in that room and I have to bring you back to the place of trauma so that I can heal you from all of that trauma so that you can have faith again I got to heal you I got to heal you come on, where'd you lay Lazarus come on you should have waited till I got here before you put him in the tomb didn't you know I was coming Why'd you bury him so early? Come on, how many of us? You've buried your dreams because they didn't come to pass. You buried all your hopes because they didn't come to fruition. You buried pain and you've buried memories and God is saying, no, 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 no. You can never overcome this and walk on the water until we uncover this, unearth this, unbury this. And a lot of us are like, God, why are you picking at my scab? And God goes, no, 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 no. Because if it doesn't heal the right way, You'll never have the faith to get to your destiny. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.